The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. It is 8.02 on your Tucson Thursday, April the 28th, and uh, glad to be back with you here. And if you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Now, I mentioned we do have some Chris Rock tickets to give away today. We're going to give them away right now. See who stuck around there for the top of the hour. Be caller number three right now at 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. And you will get yourself a pair of tickets to go see Chris Rock's Ego Death World Tour 2022 at the Ava Amphitheater at Casino del Sol. That show is Friday, July 1st. And uh, good luck. Be caller number three, 719-1490, That is the phone number. Good luck and enjoy the show. Now, I mentioned that th- that I think that Sam Howell is the best quarterback prospect in this draft based on the metrics that I have been taught or the things that I have been taught to look for um, in, you know, in, in my time spending time talking to experts that are guys who are in the draft war rooms that are in charge of assessing the talent. And, you know, look, this is obviously it's big money business. Um, And, you know, the guys who are right there looking at how you better a team, specifically at the quarterback position. Now, I mentioned the three things that are involved in, in my opinion, in assessing a quarterback. Okay, And you have uh, moving from the from college to the NFL. You want to look at third and long situation, third and obvious passing downs. Okay? You want to look at how they performed in the red zone and how they performed off schedule or extending plays or you know, any of you know, whatever catchphrase or you know, flavor of the month phrase you want to use. Okay? My pick for that is Sam Howell. I think that just based on the competition that he played against in the ACC over the last couple of years was really, really good. We saw a hugely productive year in his previous season with North Carolina when North Carolina had like seven players drafted off the offense in the 2021 draft. Okay, He threw for 3,600 yards and 30 touchdowns. Um, you know, again, the COVID season, you kind of, you know, you kind of brush that off. But his first season at North Carolina was even better than that. Um, his completion percentage was, was down that year, uh, but that's – Typical for a very young player like Sam Howell, but he threw for almost 3,700 yards that year, 38 touchdowns, only seven picks. Last year, the numbers decreased, okay, and people are, are down on his numbers. And I know that I previously just said at some point you have to produce. Well, he did produce. I mean, he threw 68 touchdowns to only 14 interceptions before his last season at North Carolina. Now, when you watch North Carolina play last year, it was basically Sam Howell or bust, like Either he was going to make the play or nobody was. That's how bad North Carolina – North Carolina was terrible last year. Sam Howell basically took it upon himself to try to run the offense and, and do as much as he possibly could. He, bro, he, le, he led, led the country in broken tackles by quarterbacks last year. He had 67 broken tackles last year. 
67. <laughs> Averaged 75 yards rushing per game for a guy who was not asked to run the football more than like twice a game prior. <laughs> so there's that. Then you look at how he performed in obvious passing downs in the red zone and against the best uh, against the best players, you know, the best talent essentially on the field. Now, he had a really bad game to open against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was pretty good last year defensively, certainly turning people over. He did throw three picks uh, against them in that game. But you look at his best games last year. The best game he had last year was against Notre Dame. He threw for 341 yards against that defense and that secondary. Now, they lost the game, but he put up they put up 34 points, and he had a 77.5% uh, completion percentage in that game. He was huge against their game in Pittsburgh. In, by the way, the game was at South Bend and the game at Pittsburgh. Okay, Those are probably the two best teams. Maybe if you throw Florida State in there, a game that they lost also um, that he played well in. But you look at the Pittsburgh game, that game went to overtime. They lose that game. Uh, in a, uh, they, they weren't able to convert a fourth down. They come back, and uh, Pittsburgh scores a touchdown and wins the game. But he threw for 296 yards in that game, had 67% completion percentage. And you look at how he did you know, in those metrics and things like that. He was actually really, really good in obvious passing downs. He was good off schedule, and he was also pretty good in the red zone. Now that's like kind of like the biggest knock on him is that when the windows get tighter, he doesn't have the zip on his fastball to kind of get him in there. But then at the combine, he showed that his arm strength was superior to what they had previously thought. So maybe it was a, a situation where players weren't getting open. Regardless, Malik Willis does have the highest upside of any of the quarterbacks in this draft, but if you look, if, if you ask me who I think is the safest quarterback pick, it's Sam Al. Uh, and it's because I don't think much of Kenny Pickett, to be honest with you. He had a chance to perform uh, for four seasons at Pitt, did not do so, and it's not like Pitt was a bad football team for those three years. I mean, he, he was – obviously they were better last year than they were in a couple of previous years, but – yeah, four years at the helm, and you obviously don't have uh, a whole lot of production until your one-year flash, and that's kind of what the NFL scouts are saying about him. Now, what about the Arizona Cardinals, specifically the Arizona Cardinals? What do they need? Okay, I think corner is corner and edge rusher are their number interchangeable. Number one, number two, defensive tackle obviously is is a is a need for them. And wide receiver. Obviously, you know, we don't know what DeAndre Hopkins is going to do. They lose Christian Kirk. A.J. Green, they re-signed, but he was not involved a lot last year mentally. <laughs> kind of checked out uh, last year in uh, in several games, which was, you know, in certain big games, that was bad for them. So who do the Cardinals, you know, who are the Cardinals going to take? Like, you know, I know Mel Kuyper. I think he has them taking Zion Johnson, uh, the the combo interior lineman, um, from Boston College, and look, that dude. First of all, that guy's a that guy's a nasty. <laughs> I mean, he is mean. He is nasty. He's got a mean streak to him. He delivers with with punch. Uh, he is he's brutal. He is brutal. So, um, I think that'd be a good pick for the for the uh, for the Cardinals. I think interior offensive line. Look. They had a mismatch, uh, you know, a mismatch of guys that they played last year uh, at the interior line position. I mean, you, you know, you have you have DJ Humphreys who started 16 games at tackle. Kelvin Beecham started 15 games at tackle. They seem to be pretty good there. They got pretty good production out of both Humphreys and Beecham last year. And then you had 
Justin Pugh, who started 13 games at guard. And then after that, it was like people everywhere. Rodney Hudson started 12 games for them at center. Max Garcia was at center. He was at guard. You have um, uh, you had Sean Harlow start five games at guard. You had um, – what's the other guy's name? I can't remember his name. Ah, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, uh, Isadora, Isadora. I think he played, uh, you know, at, at guard at some point in, the, you know, in the, in the uh, started at guard a couple times in the in the series season as well. So, uh, you know, they're a mess internally there. They they need to shore that up as well. So they do have quite a few needs now. Where do they go? McShay has them going with Jahan Dotson, and when I spoke with uh, when I spoke with Tyler Drake, of course, our Cardinals insider, when I spoke with him last week, I mentioned Jahan Dotson as the guy that if if I were, if Cliff Kingsbury gets his wish, I think that he would take a guy like Jahan Dotson, who would basically just come right in and fill in that Christian Kirk gap that was left behind. And I think it would be a fine pick because Jahan Dotson, to me, got a ton of production at Penn State with craptastic quarterback play. I mean, Penn State's quarterback play the last two seasons was horrible. Like, so bad. Really, really amazing to me that Franklin had that team anywhere near the top of their division with the quarterbacks that they've had running through the Nittany Lions program the last year, year and a half. Uh, Jahan Dotson was productive regardless of who was throwing him the football. He's a guy that can return kicks. He's got really reliable hands. He catches everything. He's got an incredible catch radius for a smaller type slot receiver. And, look, he's perfect in that in you know this type of offense where – it's you need that get-off guy, right? That's that's what I call him. I call him the get-off guy. Like Drake London, not a get-off guy. Drake London is a guy who needs to run his you know route progression, maybe use some multiple moves or against a zone, try to body somebody up or find a find a hole, find a gap in the zone, sit in it, and wait for the ball to be delivered, and then you know run for a few yards and fall down and you know get yourself twelve yards that way. Jahan Dotson is not that dude. Jahan Dotson is like quick. You know, shift move, boom, bang, inside, three-yard hitch, and gone. Like, and now he's got the ball in his hands, and he's moving and shaking, and he's, you know, breaking tackles and breaking ankles and all kinds of stuff. I, I like John Dotson. I think, I think it would be an excellent pick for the Arizona Cardinals. There are a lot of picks out there that I think would be an excellent pick for the Cardinals. You know, Zion Johnson, I think, would be a, a phenomenal pick. I know it's not sexy, right? I mean, they took a guard last year. <laughs> I know it wouldn't be sexy, but, hey, uh, you know, uh, or not uh, not in the first round. I didn't take a guard, obviously. But, you know, I mean, they they continue to draft guys, interior offensive linemen. You know, they never draft, like, the big offensive tackle after the Levi Brown debacle, it seems like. They continue to draft interior linemen guys, and not a whole lot of them have worked out, to be honest with you. Um, but, I, you know, taking a guy like Zion Johnson would be fine. If, if, and this is, you know, this is interesting because um, there's another – there's another site that actually agrees with me on this. If the Cardinals really want to make a reach, and, and I don't even know if they would have to reach at 23. They could even move back, secure another pick. They can move back and get this guy. Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia. I know that you know he's not really high on a lot of boards, but the guy produced at Georgia alongside Jordan. You know, Jordan Davis was the guy who – you know, ate up the blockers and stuff like that, and I get it. Devontae Wyatt was probably the the you know advantor of of those you know of, of Jordan Davis's play. 
And I like Jordan Davis. I, I think, you know, Jordan Davis was a wrecking machine at college, and I think that he could have a, a similar impact in the NFL. But you're not going to get, you know, Jordan Davis at 23. You have to move up to get him. If they can get Devontae Wyatt, he can move down to get him. He's got great run-stopping ability, and he can also shift to outside because he's not, you know, he's not huge. Like, he's not 360 pounds like Jordan Davis is. He's like 295 at like six foot three. So he can move him around. And they, they need to get some moving pieces around because J.J. Yeah, Watt is a phenomenal player and a future Hall of Famer, and I love J.J. Watt. He's, he's not getting any younger, and he's never been the healthiest guy on planet Earth to begin with as far as keeping the injuries at bay. So they could always use that defensive line help. Because, honestly, after Kayvon Thibodeau is gone, and you know he's the, the last of the – um, of the top edge rushers, you know, in this draft, ah, Jermaine Johnson's pretty good, but is there anybody who just you know blows your skirt up as far as defensive ends go, edge rushers go, um, you know, after those three, four guys are gone? And I, I, you know, I say no, there isn't. I mean, there's the kid from from Penn State whose name I cannot pronounce, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> there's that, you know, the, that kid from Penn State. And then there's Karlaftis from Purdue, but as as the process has gone on with Karlaftis in this in this pre-draft season, his stock has dwindled. His stock has gone down. In fact, I think Kuiper has him as like the number forty overall uh, overall pick in this draft, or number forty overall player in this draft, I should say. And I like George Karlaftis. I just don't know if he's got the tools to excel at the next level. He's a really effective college player. In the Big Ten, <laughs> okay, I think you know what I mean. So, you know, almost like a guy like like I almost feel like Drake like Drake Jackson or something might even be a better pick uh, at that point, or the uh, the kid from uh, Minnesota might be a, a better a better pick at that point, or even the hell the kid from Kentucky, Pascal, he's a good player too. Um, so, again, we a lot of times we don't know, right? I mean, there's. We see it all the time. This, you know, fourth round pick or fifth round pick. Now, uh, you know, a Pro Bowler. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's been plenty. You know, Tom Brady, the sixth round pick. We all know that. You know, it, it it takes a lot of work to dig that deep into the draft to find these players. But it's all about you know what you what you can offer them when they get into your building. What you know, what is this guy made of? What does he does he want to be here? Does he want to play football? Uh, you know, do we have the right coaches in place to make him excel, to put him in the right position to succeed? Because all of these guys are phenomenal athletes. Otherwise they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be in the mentioned in the top two hundred and fifty pre pre pro players jumping into the to the NFL draft. All of them are phenomenal athletes and very good at what they've done over the years whether it be, you know, Pee Wee and Pop Warner and high school and college. But it takes, you know, that next step. Do you want to be a pro? Do you want to be, uh, you know, how great of a pro do you want to be? And what situation are you going to? So I, you know, it, it's it's always a tough proposition, but it's nevertheless, it's always fun because every year NFL fans get to open up a new present <laughs> on Thursdays now on day one and see what they get. And, you know, it's like that toy that you had to wait. And sometimes you had to wait for your, your, your mom or dad to put, like, the toy together for you because it had, like, a zillion parts that needed to be assembled in there. And you're, like, waiting, waiting. It feels like it took forever to get to play with your toy. And you will have to wait some time to play with your new toy. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars fans will have to wait. Detroit Lions fans will have to wait. Everybody's going to have to wait 
to see what their, you know, what their new toy does for them on game day. Uh, you know, and some of them you won't even recognize. Like, you know, fans of teams who draft the offensive linemen. Like, you're never going to, like, you're never going to really get to enjoy that toy. Like, that toy is never going to, like, your friends aren't going to come over to play with that toy. Okay? You just, it's you drafted an offensive lineman. It's like, okay, great. We may be able to get an extra half a yard per carry this season. We may get an extra half a second of protection time for our quarterback. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it is what it is. Offensive linemen are still the goats. I believe it. All right, uh, let's see here. We had a winner. We had a winner. I just got it. Uh, Peter Glenn. Peter Glenn. Congratulations, Peter. Was the winner of our Chris Rock tickets. Congratulations, Peter. And uh, uh, my, uh, you know, my salutations to your uh, to your uncle John for all the work that he did with NASA. I'm kidding, of course. Oh, maybe he is related to him. Who knows? But uh, congratulations to Peter Glenn. He was the winner of our Chris Rock tickets today. We'll have one more pair to give away. Do I have, wait? Maybe I have two pairs to give away because I wasn't here. On Tuesday, we had uh, ESPN Robot on uh, on on Tuesday morning. So I may have a two ticket, a uh, two pairs of tickets to give away tomorrow. Is that right, Mary? No. Okay. Never mind. Never. What? Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. She just whispered. She just said in my ear, "We did that yesterday." Justin took my tickets. Justin took my extra pair of tickets and gave them away. Oh, Spears. <laughs> Guy, you know, he's doing me a favor, and I just start to take liberties with them with my tickets. Just start giving away. All right, well, I have one pair of tickets to give away apparently tomorrow. Then I've been uh, I've been informed. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just take uh, Spears and Ali's tickets for tomorrow. I'll give them away. Anything about that? Maybe they won't have the opportunity to give them away today while they're so busy talking about the draft and drinking beer and eating smoked wings at the Fire Truck Brewing Company today for the big draft party. Maybe I'll just take those. We'll talk about that. See what happens. See how far I get with the bosses on that one. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll shift our focus to the NBA as the NBA playoffs continue on. The Phoenix Suns in action tonight, game six of their series against the Pels. Can they close them out in New Orleans? We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. You know, one of the things I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. What's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is that you can not only combine prop bets from multiple games, but now even multiple sports. It's called Same Game Parlay Plus, and you can only find them on FanDuel. Now, you can combine NBA playoff player props with, you know, something that you like from another sport, like baseball home run hitters or NHL first goal scorers or, you know, whatever. I mean, you can you can do like I do it, mix all three sports because, you know, I am enjoying everything that is going on with FanDuel Sportsbook and all these fun player props that are out there. So, like, for instance, you get a card where you take a three-leg parlay in an NBA game, okay? So, like, in the Bucks game, I had, uh, you know, I had a little three-game, a little three-leg parlay last night to go along with a Coyotes win and 
Uh, I also had a uh, a home run uh, a home run prop last night as well that I put together. Now I didn't win the home run prop. The home run prop was the one that I thought I was going to get. I had Jock Peterson for the Giants. Uh, they got shut out yesterday. Uh, but you know, I I didn't think I was going to win that Coyotes one because they haven't won in Dallas in ten years, and then they're down three one and end up coming back to win that game, which is amazing. Regardless. Those are the kind of fun you can have with Same Game Parlay Plus. You can spread it out amongst different leagues, different sports, and build your own Same Game Parlay the way that you want to. Go to FanDuel today. Check out their popular Same Game Parlay section where you can join the bets that others are jumping on if you don't have any inklings on parlays that you want to build yourself. And if you're new to FanDuel, just sign up with my promo code DEAN to make sure that you get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. And you can make every moment more. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Use my promo code DEAN so that they know that I sent you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in President Arizona. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. So the NBA playoffs still rolling, and the Phoenix Suns going to be in action tonight as they take on the New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans. That series is 3-2 after the Suns get a big win at home in Phoenix just a couple of nights ago on Tuesday night. Uh, look, that was that was an, a hugely important game for the Phoenix Suns. It's been a back-and-forth series, literally. It's been back-and-forth. Suns have game one's game 1-3-5, one, and the Pelicans have won games 2-4. and four. So game six, you would kind of expect to be going to the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, my... My conspiracy theorist brain has been working over time because I've had a little extra time to think about it while I was lying sick in bed and thinking about all these reasons why the Phoenix Suns are struggling with the New Orleans Pelicans. And you look at the disparity in free throw attempts, and you can't help but wonder, like, hmm, hmm, (laughs) is the NBA really extending this series because they want more money? It's logical, right? It's logical to think that way. It's not so far-fetched. The more games that are played, the more money you make, right? The Phoenix Suns, most exciting product in basketball. You want them on the TV more. The, the, the guys on TNT love talking about the Phoenix Suns. You got two former players of the Suns on that set in Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley, right? So it goes without saying that the NBA would it would behoove the NBA and their their pockets to have the Phoenix Suns play more games on national TV for them. So why not have the free throw disparity that we have? And now, while in Game 4, I will agree with the the pundits out there that said that the New Orleans Pelicans played harder, and that's why there was a disparity of 42-17 to 17 in free throw attempts, or 42-13, whatever it was. 42-15, 42-15. Uh, and, and I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly. I watched the game from beginning to end. It was, you know, the Suns had a, had a good first half, but they just didn't have – quite enough even though they had a lead and then just got smoked in the third and got punked in the fourth and that's just you know that's the way the game went the Pels outplayed them but you can't tell me that the Pelicans were the more aggressive team in Phoenix on Tuesday night and then still outshoot the Phoenix Suns at the free throw line by 15 free throw attempts 35 to 20 and the Suns were far and away the more aggressive team the Pelicans were relying on jump shots and they were making like they were running through the lane and throwing what was the the backward shot that 
C.J. McCollum made over uh, over JaVale McGee where he just threw the ball up over his head and stuff. Like, they were resorting to just heaving the ball at the rim to see if it would go in. And now Brandon Ingram, of course, he had a, a you know fantastic game. He's been ridiculous this entire series, and he has really elevated his game. Um, and it make honestly, you look at that trade, the, the, the Anthony Davis trade with the Los Angeles Lakers now, and you're like, eh, the Pelicans stole that trade. With, with everything that they got from the Lakers for what has now become Anthony Davis in street clothes for the Los Angeles Lakers for the better part of his career in, in L.A., uh, it's easy to say that the Pelicans stole that trade from the Lakers. So I don't want to hear this, oh, the Pelicans have been the more aggressive team and that's why they're getting more free throws. In game four, yes, that was the case. But in the other games, it has not been the case. Game four was the only time that that's been the case. And I've watched all the games, okay, and I'm not – I'm, I'm not being biased here. I'm trying to be as honest as I can when it comes to uh, assessing the Phoenix Suns, even though I am a lifelong fan. You cannot tell me that you watched game five and said that the Pelicans deserved that 15 free throw edge. That being said, 15 more free throw attempts, and they still lost by 15. Like, Suns are just that much better. And these games are being kept closer because of the free throw discrepancies. And also the Phoenix Suns' inability to rebound a basketball. Now, that changed in game number five. They did a much better better job at rebounding. And I honestly feel like – I don't feel like it was the Suns doing a better job of rebounding. It was that the Pelicans were not doing as good a job as rebounding. Like, they had to say, all right, we, we can't let the Suns run us out the building again. So they didn't send as many guys to the offensive glass. They didn't sell out the rebounding edge, which they've had to do in the previous four games of that series. So you don't sell out the rebounding edge. The Suns even that up. I think, I think what, the, the Suns were plus two in the, re, in the rebounding margin on, uh, on Tuesday night, and you get a 15-point difference. If you sell out to beat the Suns by 15 on the, on the boards, you lose 26-4 to four in fast break points. So it's like pick your poison. So one way or another, the Phoenix Suns are going to win this series. They're far and away the better team. The only reason that the Pelicans, uh, game two, they stole. They stole game two. Booker goes down. They had to scramble to find out, you know, how their lineup was going to go. The guys who came in for for Devin Booker, it didn't matter who Monty Williams put in there. They all stunk. Uh, Nobody could hit a shot in that game for the Suns. It was horrible. (laughs) So that's, you know, that's an outlier the Suns have been by far and away the better team, uh, you know, in this series except for Game Four when they got they got just you know they got beaten that game. Period. End of story. And that's gonna that would that would happen. What we would be looking at now is a gentleman sweep after the win on Tuesday night is now going to have to be extended to a Suns and six tonight in New Orleans. And I do believe they will finish off the Pelicans tonight. Now there are rumors that there could be a possible return for Devin Booker tonight. Now. I will tell you what my little birdie uh, with the Phoenix Suns has told me. Now, um, Sunday, uh, my my informant told me that this was a worse hamstring injury than the one that he sustained in December that had him miss eight games in December. Okay, but he also said that there was a little bit more caution in December, like. We don't need him. We've got a four-game lead in the West right now. You know, even if we even things up, it's a long series. It's a long season. We've got time to make it up. So they weren't exactly rushing to get him back. So, <laughs> if you read the tea leaves, 
okay, he could be ready to go for game seven. I do not think he'll play tonight. I don't think there's I don't think there's any chance they call him in to play tonight. I really don't. You don't you don't want to push it. Because the Suns have proven that they can beat the Pelicans without him. Okay? I don't even know if they would need him for a game seven. I think it all depends on what happens tonight without him. Like does the offense stall? Do the Pelicans find a way to really mess with Chris Paul and DeAndre's uh, DeAndre Ayton's chemistry? Uh, does Jay Crowder continue to miss jump shot after jump shot? Does Cameron Payne, does he, you know, do he and Mikel Bridges kind of come back down off of their cloud from game five? You know, all these factors are going to come into play if the Suns happen to lose game six tonight. I don't think that's the case. I think the Suns are going to finish off the Pelicans tonight, and then we'll see what happens in that Mavericks and Jazz game. If both the Mavericks and the Suns win tonight, game one of round two, Mavericks and Suns will be Monday. So they'll do Monday, Wednesday of next week if that's the case. If either of those series goes seven, game one of round two will be on Tuesday. So that's kind of what we're looking at moving ahead. Suns lead the series 3-2. I think they close them out tonight. I think, you know, the, the, the I don't even want to call it Cinderella story. The, the dream for the Pelicans is over. Uh, and I, you know, the Suns are just a better team and don't have to deal with Scott Foster tonight. He's going to be in, uh, in Toronto for the, for the Sixers game. So Suns don't have to worry about him. May not have to worry about him until the Western Conference Finals. I, I would hope that they don't have to worry about him at all ever again in the postseason, but he will be playing. He will be officiating a Suns game at some point in time uh, again in this postseason. And uh, so we'll see. Maybe these don't play Chris Paul that night. <laughs> Maybe just say, oh, we got Scott Foster. Yeah, we're not going to play Chris Paul. We're, Cameron Payne's going to start at, at point guard for us, and Chris Paul's going to sit on the bench and not play a minute. <laughs> Maybe that's how you counteract the Scott Foster bugaboo. Uh, that's crazy. All right. We're going to take a timeout when we return. We'll do some more sports. We've got some local sports to talk about, uh, Arizona Wildcats sports, uh, some news in, uh, in terms of uh, things going on on campus, and a whole lot more. Stay tuned here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. The 14th annual Meet the Chefs competition is Sunday, June 26th at Casino del Sol. The winner will compete against Chef Wendy Gutierrez from Chef Chic at the Iron Chef competition in July. But we need local chefs. And, folks, listen, if you want to represent at least the way that I talk about Tucson, I say Tucson pound for pound, you know, per capita, whatever you want to call it, is the best food city in America. I think the chefs in Tucson are phenomenal. I, I, I mean, I've, I've felt that way for a while. There are so many talented chefs and so many incredible places to eat in Tucson. you got to represent, though. So if you think you got what it takes to be the next Iron Chef winner, you can get all the info. Sign up at ironchef2son.com or go to ESPNTucson.com. We have the link there as well. But, uh, man, I, I, listen, and I'm not going to name any names. We can't get any, you know, Plugola, payola, you know, violations here, the FCC and stuff like that. You know, protect the license. That's number one priority here. Um, so I'm not going to name any names, but there are I – mean, when, when people – because up here in Phoenix, people – obviously people know I'm from Tucson, that I spend a lot of time down there. I work a lot down there. I, I, I spend, you know, probably the better part of 
half of my weekends in a year in Tucson. Um, and I, you know, obviously eating at a lot of restaurants. He was like, hey, I'm going to Tucson for the weekend. Are there any good places to eat down there? And I go, let me give you a list. Okay. <laughs> Here's where you go for breakfast. Here's where you go for brunch. This is a good lunch spot. Here's where you go for dinner. Do you want a romantic dinner? Go here. Do you want this kind of you know, flavor? Do you want seafood? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want something exotic? Do you want something try to something new? Dude, like there are so in you like you people listening right now are like, Yep, 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 we know. We know, Jeff. We get it. I know. But there are so many good places to eat in Tucson. I, to me, food, Tucson is one of the great food cities in America. And trust me, I have been around the block. A lot, okay. Been around, been been to a lot of places. Now I'm not like the world traveler that a lot of people are. I'm, I've never, I've only left the country a couple of times. Uh, you know, I'm not the world traveler, but I've been to a lot of cities. I've, you know, traveled for uh, for boxing with HBO. Spent a lot of time in Vegas, New York, uh, in uh, Texas, Dallas, Los Angeles. Okay, for those uh, for those types of of uh, events, I've been to. Uh, South Beach three times for the Super Bowl. I've been to New Orleans for the Super Bowl. I've been all over the place for the Super Bowl, eating at a lot of places. And I can tell you that the time that I spend in Tucson at the restaurants there, it is it is just top notch. Considering that it's a city of a million people as opposed to a city of you know five or six million people, it's incredible. So uh, if you haven't gone out and enjoyed some of these places, I implore you to uh, to get out and explore, expand expand your horizons. Check out a new place. I guarantee you, like, if, if, if it's even halfway recommended by someone who lives there, it's going to be bomb. So get after that. Um, all right, speaking of Tucson, Arizona Wildcats sports, of course, we try to uh, get into that as, uh, as much as we can here. Not a whole lot uh, going on. The, both the, uh, the softball teams and the baseball teams are playing non-conference series uh, right now this weekend. Both teams played New Mexico State. Uh, on uh, on Tuesday, Ali Skaggs, by the way, what kind of a tear has she been on? Like, <laughs> holy smokes, she hit three more home runs against New Mexico State in the doubleheader that they had uh, after hitting three home runs, whether it was over the weekend, right? She had six home runs in three games, something like that, or four games. Incredible tear that she's on. Um, the baseball team beat up on New Mexico State, hanging a 15-burger on the scoreboard on them, 15-5 to uh, winners. They now come home to take on the Nevada Wolfpack in a four-game series at High Corbett that starts tonight. So um, kind of a, you know, again, not a conference series. It's one of those where in the middle of, you know, the conference session you play a non-con series and stuff, and look, every team does it. Uh, it's just kind of the way that the scheduling works out um, before they take on what is now last place USC in a series uh, that ga- that series will be in Los Angeles next weekend for the uh, for the uh, Arizona Batcats. The Arizona Wildcats football team was uh, was notified that uh, Jalen Johnson, wide receiver, was going to be transferring out. He has entered the transfer portal. He was brought here uh, from uh, from California by Kevin Sumlin, and so he was a he was a Sumlin recruit. And, and you know they are now. There are fewer and fewer of them left on this team. And I'm not saying, like, goodbye or anything. I like Jalen Johnson. I thought he was a really good player, actually. Uh, it's just that that wide receiver room is completely jam-packed with talent, Jalen Johnson being one of them. Um, he has decided to take his talents elsewhere, and we wish him all the best and uh, hope that uh, hope that he ball- is able to ball out wherever he ends up. Also, uh, freshman guard Shane Noel 
who was with the Arizona Wildcats basketball team the last couple of seasons, of course. He has announced that he will be entering the transfer portal. I'm not surprised. This was um, – I mean, this you know, inside the building, it's pretty pretty well known that he was going to be looking to go elsewhere. He wasn't breaking you know into the uh, the, the PT portion of uh, of games. He wasn't getting any playing time. He wasn't getting minutes. And uh, you know, Shane, you know, obviously a very proud uh, basketball player. He's you know got a very very talented brother who's in the NBA right now. And you know, Shane looking to do the same. And you're not going to get into the NBA if you're not playing. And right now, he's not playing. It doesn't look like he's going to get a whole lot of minutes at Arizona. So he is going to uh, expand his options by entering the transfer portal. And, again, wish him all the best. Uh, Shane's a good kid. Uh, Never heard of any problems with him, uh, you know, within the program. Um, Was a guy who was pretty quiet, but obviously talented. Um, And you look at Shane, he's got – he looks the part, man. He is thick. Like, he's got – them thick legs and he's got broad shoulders and he's got a, he's got some game to work on as does everybody who's 19 years old trying to play at this level so wish him all the best in his transfer and uh, we'll see where he uh, where he ends up the NBA draft of course coming up and Arizona you know looking at you know whether it's Benedict Matherin Christian Coloco and now Dalen Terry we haven't get a chance to really talk about a whole lot uh entering his name of the draft he did not hire an agent so he is still retaining his collegiate eligibility but you look at some of the mocks that are out there now and they have all three of them being drafted within the top 42 of top 42 players in the draft meaning that you know Dalen would be taken somewhere early to mid second round which is probably good enough for him to decide to yes I'm going to accept that and I will go ahead and make my jump to the NBA so Arizona losing some players, and I know I saw the uh, that Kim Aiken had transferred. I mean, he wasn't here anyway, so that's fine. Uh, again, wish him all the best. And uh, uh, so, you know, Tommy Lloyd's got some work to do. There are teams signing a lot of transfer portal players all over the country, and uh, Arizona's been very quiet on the transfer portal front. Now, there are still plenty of players that are out there that are – going to be soon entering the transfer portal from whatever program they're currently in. I know that there are some players that Lloyd and his staff are targeting, and those are guys that could come in here to play because a lot of these guys are waiting for the dust to kind of settle to see where they're going to best fit based on recruits and other transfers that are coming in. So sometimes it's good to wait in the transfer portal period now that we have it's not always great to just jump at the first one unless you have multiple spots to fill and you have, uh, you know, a surefire star that is transferring from, you know, one school where he led his conference in scoring and rebounding and assists <laughs> to come to your school, okay? It's, it, it's a no-brainer. Um, but I, I think it's, it's smart for Tommy Lloyd and his staff to just kind of wait things out, see what's going to happen. There's still going to be more players, multiple players, entering their names into the transfer portal over the next week or so. And Arizona will begin to you know, find their fit, uh, you know, and who fits with this program and who fits with this particular team. We're still waiting to see if any of the uh, 2023 recruits reclassify to the class of 2022. And, of course, we got Dylan Anderson coming in here from Perry High School up here in Phoenix. So uh, still a lot to, uh, to come to round out the, the roster for Tommy Lloyd and the Wildcats. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date on that, as will Spears and Ali every afternoon from 3 to 6 after they're done stealing my uh, my Chris Rock tickets. They'll focus on basketball and some other things going on on campus. 
All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. I was just talking to Mary about this, how, how you guys are all liking the new Elon Musk version of Twitter. I saw, um, I saw this morning that user activity is up 16%. I don't know if that's because people are going there to complain or talk smack about it all or whatever. But I will say this, Elon Musk has been very active on Twitter the last couple of days, and I'm having a great time reading some of his tweets. Like, like I retweeted something last night because somebody had like asked him to fix something like, Hey, can you fix, you know, what, Oh no. what did he say? He goes, I'm going to uh, next, I'm going to buy Coke and put cocaine back in it, which look, that's funny. And I know that people are going to get all shook about it. Like, Oh, he's advocating the use of cocaine and stuff like that. Like, Oh God, he's just having fun. Like, come on folks. And, uh, so I retweeted, and I said, can you please buy MTV and put music back in it? <laughs> because, MTV just turned 41, uh, I think it was like a couple of days ago, right? It was like their 41st anniversary of being on the air. And the funniest thing I saw on the internet uh, this week was somebody saying, uh, happy birthday or whatever, 41 years uh, 41 years of MTV, thanks for 14 years of music. <laughs> it, it, couldn't, it couldn't be more accurate. And then people were making, people have been making fun of MTV all week. They're like, what's, you know, what's the easiest job? in the world and it's being the program director for mtv it's like what do we do for programming today well let's run eight hours of ridiculousness okay no problem sign off on that check and here goes ridiculousness for the next eight hours please bands and artists are still making music videos they're still making them because they have their own enterprises on youtube and such can we please bring back music videos to music television (laughs) as opposed to watching Jersey Shore or Nightmare 16 Birthdays or whatever the hell it is program that they've been running over the last 30 years at MTV, as opposed to playing music, videos on television. So, yeah, I'm, I'm asking Elon Musk to now buy MTV and fix that issue that we've had for quite some time. I'm not saying that he's fixing Twitter. No one will fix Twitter until you get rid of people. And that's just that's just being honest. <laughs> it's the people on Twitter that suck, not the algorithms, not the, the 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 you know the as Mary was saying, it's it's difficult. You know the the things that are trending only have like a thousand tweets on them, uh, as opposed to things that should be trending, which are you know hundreds of thousands of tweets and things like that. If you're looking for trending news and tweets and things like that, that's like these are all part of things. These those can be fixed. It's the people that have broken Twitter, and it's been broken since like day two. Twitter day one was great. Twitter day two, the trolls came in, and it became a, a cesspool of just horridness and uh, people hiding behind these digital monikers, these you know these digital uh, facades that they've made for themselves, and uh, able to just get away with doing whatever. And I'll tell you what, the worst part, the most egregious, I I couldn't care less about name calling. I've been called all kinds of names, every name in the book. 
the name calling doesn't bother me. I don't care about that. People being mean to one another. Oh my God. Oh no. That's not me. Mean to one another. The, the egregious problem is, are these idiots out there with check marks next to their name who just make up the news and put it out there and people gobble that crap up. Like it's the gospel. And to be able to go out there and report false news, fake news, as we all know it to be, and I'm not saying it's political, I'm just saying whatever news. I'm talking specifically about sports. Everything I follow on Twitter is sports. And somebody puts something out there, I'm like, that's not That's not even close to being true. That's not true. And you put these people on blast, and then they just, well, blah, 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 and they, they hide. Oh, that's the problem. Fake news. We don't want it. Hopefully it gets fixed. You know, these people be held accountable for their fake newsness. Don't believe everything you read on the internet, folks. Remember, Abraham Lincoln told us that. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Congratulations to Peter Glenn, the winner of our Chris Rock tickets. We'll have another pair to give away tomorrow. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work keeping us on the air today. Enjoy the NFL draft, everybody. Enjoy the Phoenix Suns game, and I'll see you guys tomorrow right here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.